Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Glad I've got Jesus down in my home. I'm glad I've got Jesus down in my home. Lord, I'm glad I've got Jesus down in my home. Glad I've got Jesus in my home. Glad I've got Jesus down in my home. Jesus said, live in me, 
Make your home in me just as I do in you. And in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you cannot bear fruit unless you are joined with me. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And when you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship is organic, intimate, and the harvest is such to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. As I read this, I realized a question we should ask ourselves, are you bearing fruit in the name of Jesus? And if you are not bearing fruit in the name of Jesus, maybe you are not connected as you should be. And then Jesus said, but if you make yourselves at home in me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Reverend Bill, that pointed out to me that we need to think more about why some of our prayers are not answered. Some of our prayers are not being answered because we are not bearing fruit. But the word of God says that if you bear fruit in my name, whatever you ask, that's what the word of God says, I will listen to you and I will take action. Can anybody bear witness that God is listening and answering your prayers? Can anybody bear witness that the Lord Jesus is providing all of your needs and that you are bearing fruit in his name? Is there anybody here that can truly bear witness that I am bearing witness for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And the message today is that we need to ask ourselves, are we really friends of Jesus? I also realize that we struggle with love and friendship because many of us have never seen healthy, loving relationships. Many of us have been brought up in broken homes and relationships which only reflect the negatives of life. And many of us do not have a clear understanding of what love really looks like. But Jesus took the time, Mr. Raymond, to teach the disciples. And Jesus said to them, and he was very clear in his commandments. That's one of the things I really love about Jesus is teaching. You don't get confused, Diane. You understand exactly what Jesus is saying. Jesus said in verse number 15, in John number, uh, chapter 15, that I no longer call you servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Let me say it again. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. In other words, Jesus is elevating the disciples. And he's saying that there was a time when you were a servant and our relationship meant that I didn't tell you necessarily everything, but now I'm sharing with you everything as I'm on my way to Calvary. And he said that, I no longer call you servants, but I have called you friends. Anybody in here have any friends? Anybody in here being a good friend to someone? And Jesus said in verse 15, that everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. There are no secrets. I've given you everything that the father has given me so that you can go out and do the work that I have done in my absence, remember now, Jesus is on his way to Calvary. 
And he's sharing all of his secrets and everything that the Father has said to him so the disciples will bear fruit in his name. In verse number 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. I don't know what fruit you're bearing. I know some. But I believe it's a good time for all of us to ask ourselves, are we truly bearing fruit in the name of Jesus? And Jesus is saying also in verse number 16, I don't want any kind of fruit. I want you to bear fruit that will last. I want you to witness for me. I want you to tell the story of how my father made provision for me, and now I am here making provision for you. I want you to teach the gospel and make disciples so that people would know that the world has no fruit to offer us. The only real fruit that we have in life comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And many of us do not realize that. And even though we collect possessions and we get a lot of material things and gather all these things, we walk around in emptiness and most of us in debt because we never realize that true joy comes from the Holy Spirit within. And true joy comes when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't expect you to clap or give any affirmation, but it's the truth that many of us have been seduced by the world and we don't bear good fruit. But if you read John chapter 15 slowly, and that's another thing I discovered, that sometimes we read it so fast that we miss the meaning of the word. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So I ask you, what fruit are you bearing in your life that will last? And then Jesus said, whatever, whatever, don't you like that? Whatever you ask in my name. He said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Lord, have mercy. What a test. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. And so the question I raised from this text is, does Jesus call you friend? The Bible identifies biblical qualities of a good friend to, secure, to, to consider in choosing one. Proverbs 17, 17 says that true friends love at all times. They don't love you when they're happy with you. True friends love you when they don't like you. In Philippians 2, 3, the Bible says that good friends respect you and your qualities. Nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than themselves. Our own egos get in the way so many times. And that's why we can't be good friends. Proverbs 13, chapter 20th verse, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the comparison of fools will suffer harm. In other words, we need to be careful of who we walk with and who we talk with and who fills our physical space. We must be careful about the people that we talk to, to be certain that their words are not putting poison in our system. We need to be selective in who we call friend. Credible friends inspire strong values in you. 
And that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And many people are not here today because they have taken advice from people they thought were their friends who did not love them at all. So a true friend is one who stands up for you when others try to hurt you emotionally or physically. They do everything they can to make sure you remain safe. They don't care who is trying to harm you. They will defend you at any time. True friends do not gossip about you behind your back. True friends do not go and tell others what they think is wrong with you and what's right with you and what you ought to do. True friends are brave enough to call you and say, we need a conversation. If they can help you, they'll do it without reservation or reward. Have any of you ever been deceived by someone you called friend? Have you ever been in a space that you thought you had shared a secret with someone who could be trusted? And then you discover that everybody knows. And then they didn't tell the true story. They enhanced it to give it a little twist that was not even there. So Jesus is saying it's time for us to get ourselves together and realize as servants of the Most High God, first of all, we need to learn how to be a friend of Jesus. And once we become a friend of Jesus, Trey, and we begin to live in his shadow and walk in his footsteps, we begin to care about the people around us and those who don't know Jesus. I had the privilege of being the person who put the milk in the bags on Thursday. I almost got fired by Avis a couple of times because I wasn't going fast enough, but she helped me out. But as I looked at the people who were getting the food, and as I looked into the cars and I looked at the people, I said, Lord, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could give them more than a meal from Boston Market? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could tell the story about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that, yes, this food will get you through the night, but I know some heavenly food, which is God's word, will take you from here to there. I looked at them and I said, I really want to bear fruit, but you know there are some restrictions that you can't go lay hands on the people's car and you can't start praying if they don't give you permission and you can't start showing them the Bible, but Bridget is on duty over there with a table and a sign waving for the people to stop. So I said to myself, God, am I bearing fruit? Are we bearing fruit as a church? When we say that we care about the homeless and the hungry, do we give anything to help? When we say that we're concerned about food insecurity, do we do give anything to feed those who are hungry? And it's time that we ask ourselves, are we really friends of Jesus? Because if we are friends of Jesus, then what we will do is support the mission that Jesus gave us to go teach, baptize, and make disciples. It's hard to make disciples when you're hungry. It's hard to think about being a disciple if you have no place to live. So on this day, I ask you again, are you a friend of Jesus? There are some examples in the Bible. I'll give you the scriptures, and you can read the stories yourself. There was a friendship between Abraham and Lot. And this was in Genesis chapter 14, verses 14 through 16. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called on the 318 trained men born in his household, and he went in pursuit as far as Dan, 
And during the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as the harbor near Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possession. In other words, Abraham stopped everything that he was doing, Glenda, and he went to pursue his friend. In Ruth chapter 1, one of the great friendships of the Bible, Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, but it ever so severely, even death will not separate me from you. Hallelujah. David, wonderful examples of friendship in the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 18, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. And there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan and David loved each other. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Anybody in here love somebody else as much as you love yourself? You ought to give God some praise if you do, because that's what the Bible says. But if you're still number one in your life and number one for everything, then something must be wrong. Every now and then, somebody else ought to be a priority. Every now and then that we need to love according to biblical standards and realize that everything is not about us. And everything is not about having your way and having the final word. We must understand that Jesus has said, if you love me, do my commandments. Walk in my commandments. Because you know what? Our behavior shows our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our behavior shows our lack of relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when we are in relationship with Jesus, our walking and our talking and our behavior reflect that relationship. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 19 to 21, and then the king said to the Gittite, why do you go along with us? Go back and stay with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your home. You came only yesterday and shall I today make you wonder about with us since I Go, I know not where. Samuel, David showed many examples of friendships. David had a friend who died, but because he had a promise to his friend, Trista, he took care of his friend's son even after the friend died because that was his word. How good is your word? Can we stand on your word? Can Jesus stand on your promises and look at you and feel good about what you were doing? I love the story of Daniel in the lion's den. You ought to read it sometime in Daniel, the second chapter. But I also love the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Jesus was a friend of the family. You remember when Martha got hot with Jesus over in chapter 11 and decided to tell Jesus what she thought. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever decided to have a real party with Jesus? Let me tell you what I really think. And Jesus said, I really don't care. I told you that you got to love everybody if you want to see me. You got to love everybody if you're going to go to glory. You have to be my friend, and you got to do what I ask you to do the way that I want to do it. 
don't come to serve me with a bad attitude of begrudgingly because that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that we must do everything in love, walk in love, talk in love. Even if you get upset with me, you still got to love me in the name of Jesus. And that's the next step of our relationships. Many of us quit because we can't have our way. Jesus didn't quit when the disciples were defiant. Jesus didn't quit when the people would not listen. Jesus kept preaching the word of God, saying that I am here sharing with you everything that my father shared with me. And Jesus said to Martha, said to Jesus, well, Lord, I could see her with her hands on her hips. Well, Lord, if you had been here, he would be alive. How dare you talk to Jesus like that? But I loved it when Jesus came back and said, wait a minute, sweetheart. You didn't say sweetheart. Wait a minute. I'm here now. I can make things happen now because I am the son of God. I didn't have to be here four days ago. I'm here now. And because of my relationship with the father, I can speak right now and Lazarus will get up. Don't you love it that we serve our Lord whose word is filled with pro Oh, you can do better than that. We serve our Lord who answers our prayers. It doesn't matter how long it takes. When it's due time, God will answer our prayers. And when it's due time, the Lord will raise you up. And when it's due season for you, the Lord will fulfill all of his promises. The union between Jesus and his disciples is not an external arrangement, but it's an internal, personal relationship. And Jesus called them friends. Jesus defines this union, which is grounded in love. And Jesus said, the son loves the disciples that the father loves him. Who do you love? Like Jesus. He said that this love sought them out and called them into a new life. How many of us have truly walked away from the old life? And we're in the middle somewhere. How many of us are still doing the same old thing, but we dress it up with God talk? How many of us are still robbing God because we don't want to obey the Lord's word? And Jesus said, this love now holds them and sends them out into the world to continue the mission of Jesus Christ. This is not an option, but a command. And I thought about, we are defiant people at times. And sometimes, I think the mask debate is a great example. Sometimes it's not logical, but we're so egotistic that we don't have sound reasoning. But Jesus said that this love now holds them and sends them out into the world to continue the mission of Jesus Christ. I don't love you because I feel like it. I don't love you because I am, I am perfect. I love you because the Lord has given us a commandment. And I'm so glad that we didn't write the Bible or write the script. Because if that's the case, many of us would never get from point one to two. This is not an option, but a command. Anybody in here like commandments? Anybody in here like to be told what to do? I know that sometimes I don't give commandments, but I make strong suggestions, and people roll their eyes. Like, 
How dare you tell me what I'm supposed to do? But Jesus used the word command, Bacon, to let us know that if you get a command from the Lord, you better get on it because it's a good thing to do. And the son shares in and shows forth his love for his father by absolute obedience to his commands, which will eventually take him to the cross. The disciples, Michelle, can only abide in the love of Jesus and if they keep his commandments. How many of us are not abiding in the love of Jesus? Therefore, we can't keep, you can't love human beings without Jesus. You can't be married without Jesus. You can't be a parent without Jesus. You can't be a sister, a true sister without Jesus. You can't be a brother without Jesus. You can't live in a dysfunctional, crazy family without Jesus. Somebody's got to pray. Somebody's got to lift up the name of Jesus. Many of us have been placed in dysfunctional families so that we can show the love of Jesus and be the example. But when we go in and act a fool like they do, then we're no better than they are. We need to see what love looks like. And we need to understand that Jesus has called us to a higher calling. Jesus has called us out of the world to do kingdom work in his name. The disciples can only abide in love of Jesus if they keep his commandments. And this does not mean the disciples are called into a grim and boring existence, but if they abide in the love of Jesus by obeying his commandments, they will remain in his joy. And the joy of Jesus, we were with these men. And I would like to say to you today that there's a distinction between joy and happiness. I don't know who sang that song. Uh, was that Al Green? Who was that? Somebody in here knows. It was Al. Who was it? It was Frankie. Be was it called Joy and Happiness? Huh? You mean I got that right? Okay, Al Green. But Deacon Gino said it was Frankie Beverly. I think both of them said, but Al, what was Al Green saying, Deacon Gino? You said it was Frankie Beverly, so was it Al Green? What did he say? Love bring it on, bring it on. Come on, bring it on, bring it on. What did he say? He said love will make you do right, right? He also said love will make you do wrong. And that's not scriptural, Al Green, a preacher, go lie. But what did he say about love and happiness? Oh, man, I tell you. Yeah, you know that song. <laughs> love and happiness. Love will make you do right. Love will, so we got to be careful about the songs we sing. Love will make you do wrong. Some people fall in love on a love song that's taking them down the wrong road. That is not my sermon. <laughs> Woo! Have you heard that song about I found love on a two-way street and Lost it on the lonely highway? Well, what that's supposed to mean? <laughs> I found love on a two-way street and lost it. Are you acting like you so Holy Ghost feel you don't know these songs, right? Yeah. How about me and Mrs. Jones? The same people singing that song, Mr. Raymond, are up in the church, clapping their hands, saying they love Jesus. 
The joy of Jesus will be with these men. And what Jesus helps them to see is that joy is from within. And happiness is external. Whatever you have that makes you happy in a few days or a few years, it won't. Because that's the way we are as humans. Joy is an unexpected gift growing out of an intimate relationship with this one we love and serve. While happiness, even though it is frantically sought as some kind of product that can be possessed, turns out to be a disappointing illusion. Happiness is not guaranteed, but joy is when love is focused on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Happiness is not guaranteed. Can you repeat after me? Happiness is not guaranteed, but joy is when love, when love, when love is focused on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in this conversation with the disciples, Jesus become very specific. He said, first the disciples shall love one another as he has loved them. And this does not mean tolerating or being nice to each other. It is a call for them to lay down their lives one for the other. Have you ever laid down your life for anyone? Do you know what it feels like to lay down your life with no expectations? To have people not even look back to say thank you. Have you ever laid down your life for someone who's supposed to be so desperate and you give them a thousand percent of everything that you have and they never even say thank you? in the name of Jesus. And what Jesus is teaching us, when we lay down our lives in his name, we don't care about the thank yous. We don't care about what people do. We care about what we have done in the name of the master. And then Jesus said the disciples should love one another. The way we care for each other is a reflection of our love, the way we care for our church members. Pastor Joseph asked us a couple of weeks ago, each one reach one. Do you take time to even look to see who's missing? Do you take the time to call someone or text someone that you haven't seen? Or are you so busy with the life that God has given you that you can't show love for someone else? Secondly, Jesus has opened the way for the disciples to enter a new kind of relationship among these men, calling them friend. If you have a friend, I want you to give up some praise to Almighty God. If you have one friend, you really know you have. If you have two, you ought to raise it up a notch. Hallelujah. If you have three, you ought to start shouting in the name of Jesus, right? If you have four, you ought to be on your feet by now. And if you have five, you ought to be shouting, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because what Jesus is saying is that once I teach you how to be a friend, you will be a friend. And in my 70 years, what I have discovered is that I have a friend in Jesus. I can tell Jesus anything, everything, at all times. He loves me in spite of my shortcomings. Comes to me in my midnight hour. In the middle of the night when I can clearly hear him, he says to me, I got you. You will make it through this. 
I have learned over the years that human beings disappoint us over and over again. But that is not my testimony about Jesus. He has been with me through the bad days and the bright days and the sunny days and the dark days and no days because Jesus is a true friend. So I say to you today, if you don't have Jesus, then this is the day you ought to change your life. If you don't have Jesus, the best gift you can give yourself is a relationship with Jesus Christ. No human being can love you like Jesus. No human being can hug you like Jesus. No human being can lift you up on high, letting you know that Jesus is Lord. There's a song in the church, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all of soul's diseases. Jesus knows all my struggles, all my secrets, all my shortcomings, all my faults. No friend like him is so high and lowly. No, not one, not one. Did ever saint find this friend forsake him? No, not one. No, not one. And I conclude by saying friends are fruitful. Reliable, insightful, engaged, nurturing, dedicated, and sincere. So today I offer you the best friend in the world, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The doors of a church are open. If you're in need of a friend on today, a friend, as Pastor says, is, that will be loving, caring, kind, and will be there for you through the midnight hour. We can think of only one person that could be, and that's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So we're taking this time that if this, today's your day to make that decision, the time is now. Even those streaming, those who are streaming online, you can also do the same by saying, number one, you admit you're a sinner and you believe that Jesus died for you on that cross and rose on the third day and confess that he's Lord of all, then you will be saved. So the doors of a church are open for those to come. Come and say, I give my life to you, Lord, on today. Amen. Because he will be your best friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Today could be your day just to make that choice. prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come
come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org. Thank you again.